Welcome in to the Wisports.net podcast. I'm Travis Wilson, general manager at Wisports.net, and your host as we go through the WSN podcast this week. And what a week it was to open the high school football season in 2019. We talked coming into the week and into the season about how many interesting and compelling storylines there were going to be. And we got a whole bunch more right away in week one. We had state champions lose, some in very surprising fashion. We had some big games on the schedule, including at least 12 games where both teams were ranked in our preseason rankings on WSN. We had some titanic showdowns. We had some pretty big individual performances. We had some things come up that uh, you know we're going to be talking about for a while. All in all, it was a really fun and exciting way to get things started this year in week one. On today's podcast, we're going to spend quite a bit of time, as you can imagine, talking about that big week one, some of the too early reactions, some of the, uh, the storylines that this sets up for the rest of the year. And we will start to take a look at week two, a week that doesn't have maybe quite as many big games on the schedule, but still some very, very interesting ones as you look around the state of Wisconsin. Our game of the week in week one that, you know, would be in the running maybe for game of the year, sure ended up being a heck of a game Thursday night last week as defending Division I state champion Muskego got their season underway against Marquette. A rematch of last year's state semifinal game in Division I. That was an outstanding game last year. We expected and hoped it would be an outstanding game this year. And sure enough, it was. It was a defensive battle. It was, uh, if you like high scoring and high flying offenses, it, it maybe wasn't for you. But it was a heck of a uh, high school football game right away in week one. Very tight throughout, low scoring, but ultimately Muskego punched in a touchdown in the fourth quarter as their wing T offense finally got going against that stingy Marquette defense. And then uh, uh, Muskego's offense closed it out to uh, end the game, and it was a 14-10 win for Muskego in that one. In the game of the week, again, both teams ranked very highly in Division I, a rematch of last year's Division I state semifinals. And as we had talked about last week, there were actually three games on the docket in week one that featured rematches of state semifinals from a year ago. Now there were only, uh, well, 16, I guess, if you count eight player, there were only 16 state semifinal games total. So to have three rematches right away in week one was awfully interesting and uh, awfully special as well. Now, the game that was on Friday night, a rematch of a semifinal game, didn't turn out to be much of a special game because Stratford blew the doors off Spencer Columbus Catholic 41 to nothing. We knew Spencer Columbus Catholic had some pretty significant graduation losses to deal with, uh, but did not expect Stratford to dominate that one that way. Of course, Stratford won that game last year in the semifinals to advance to state where they fell to uh, St. Mary Springs, but... Very impressive statement at the beginning of the year by Stratford, who very much 
is going to be in the thick of things to get back to Madison and maybe hoist that first gold ball since they won six straight from 2003 to 2008. The other D5 semifinal from last year also ended up being a rematch right away in week one. As on Saturday, St. Mary Springs hosted Lake Country Lutheran. Interestingly enough, Lake Country Lutheran scored on the opening kickoff of both halves in that one. Don't know if I've ever heard of that happening before. Lake Country Lutheran returned the uh, uh, touchdown, or returned the opening kickoff for a touchdown, excuse me, as they led in the early going. And then they returned a fumble on the second half kickoff. Springs fumbled that kickoff. Lake Country Lutheran returned it for a touchdown. And those two special teams plays were huge in giving Lake Country Lutheran a 21-14 win on the road at St. Mary Springs in a big matchup, a very impressive win for Lake Country Lutheran, who had lost most of their uh, key offensive playmakers from a year ago. But Luke Hartle stepped in at quarterback, uh, did a nice job, sophomore, very talented basketball player as well. And Andrew Schumacher was all over the field. He returned the uh, touchdown on the fumble for, for a score in that uh, opening second half kickoff. He also caught a short touchdown. He had 22 tackles on defense and just was all over the place as Lake Country Lutheran opened with a nice win at St. Mary Springs. St. Mary Springs had knocked Lake Country Lutheran out of the playoffs several times in the last few years. It was kind of a thorn in their side whenever they ended up in the same division. And, and again, including last year. So a nice job by Lake Country Lutheran getting that win. Now, we might see a rematch. These teams are going to be likely on the same side of the bracket. And with that Springs loss, maybe in the same bracket. So we could see that, uh, that game again this year in the playoffs. But a nice win by Lake Country Lutheran to, uh, to open things up. Uh, we mentioned that there were three defending state champions that lost. We talked about Lake Country Lutheran going down, but the biggest surprise, one of the biggest surprises I've, I've had in quite a while following high school football in Wisconsin, defending Division Six state champion Iola Scandinavia. We knew that they had some departures. We knew that Bryce Hittner, the state's all-time leading rusher, was gone. A lot of their other key players were gone. Um, Connor Kirkey, who was the returning quarterback, uh, injured and potentially uh, unable to, uh, to go for a while, uh, kind of unsure on his status. Um, but when Iola Scandinavia is the defending Division VI state champion, goes on the road and uh, plays a Montello-Princeton-Green Lake team that finished tied for last in the Trailways Large last year, was picked to finish last this year, went 2-7 uh, last season, um, had played Iola Scandinavia last year and got shut out, you expect Iola to find a way to win that one, but that's not what happened. A, a big credit to Montello Princeton Green Lake, a program that struggled the last few years. They won that one, 28-22. Very surprising result. I don't know what that says uh, about either team, to be quite honest with you at this point. Uh, we know that Iowa Scandinavia uh, obviously doesn't look like they're as good as they were last year. 
I don't know if this is a blip on the radar and they'll get things straightened out um, or if this is a kind of a harbinger of, of things to come if, if they're just not going to be you know, a, a competitive team for a conference title and deep playoff run like we thought. And maybe they'll just be kind of a, a playoff team that gets in and you know, has some struggles. Don't know yet. Uh, there's still, still a lot to figure out. We'll, we'll find out a little bit more this week. But, uh, and I don't know if this says Montello, Princeton, Green Lake is going to be a contender in the Trailways Large. I don't know if that is necessarily something that you can extrapolate out of this one. But uh, a very surprising result in that one. Another, I, I think, game that you could categorize as a surprise, um, Milwaukee Riverside out of the city conference, a much maligned city conference over the last few years um, that has not fared very well outside of the league. None of the teams have in, in the playoffs and the regular season. Riverside, to their credit, is one of the teams that does not shy away from challenging themselves. They've played very good teams in non-conference the last few years. They went to Pewaukee, a very consistent team in the, uh, in the Woodland West, and Riverside got a win in that one. They won 14 to nine and uh, a nice victory to begin the year for head coach Patrick Wagner in the uh, Riverside Tigers. Um, kind of getting back to our, our theme of defending state champions going down, however, uh, the eight player, the first ever eight player state champion from last year, Sevastopol, opened up their season with a game against Surring. Surring is one of 11 teams that moved to uh, excuse me, moved to eight player football this year. Sevastopol, again, won the first ever title last season. They beat Luck, came from behind in the championship game. But Suring got the win in this one as they won 40-22, to and it was a huge game for Logan Stewart of Suring. I wish I would have had these stats earlier in the week. It certainly would have been a nominee for, uh, for player of the week in the state. Um, he'll have to settle for star of the week in eight-player football um, because he put up huge numbers. 32 carries, 345 yards, five touchdowns. He scored twice in the fourth quarter. Suring had a, uh, I think it was a six-point lead to begin the fourth quarter. He punched in two touchdowns, and they ended up winning 40-22. to Also had 22 tackles on defense, as the, uh, the, the defense for Suring pretty well kept Sevastopol in check offensively. Sevastopol put up some yardage. They were... I don't know, 350 total yards, something like that, but only 22 points, which isn't too bad in eight-player football when you look at some of the scores. And so a nice uh, opening win for Suring is uh, they make the move to eight-player. And, and again, this is one of those situations, I, I don't know what it says about either team definitively, it tells us that Suring is going to be one of those teams that moves to eight-player and, and might have some, uh, you know, a shot at some good success right away. I don't know if it tells us that Sevastopol is, is maybe out of that State title contention quite yet, but uh, a nice win for Suring. And, and again, 11 new teams in eight-player football this year. Kind of uh, various levels of success to, uh, to open the season. Um, again, Suring got the big victory of note. Uh, Algoma also looked very good as they moved to eight-player football. Now, Algoma is a team that, because of their enrollment, is not actually going to be eligible for the playoffs at the end of the year in eight-player. To be eligible, you have to have an enrollment under 200. Algoma's is around 230, 234, something like that. So they won't actually be eligible for the postseason. But, you know, they could uh, certainly have a nice year coming up. They shut out Green Bay NEW Lutheran 
in uh, in week one here. Getting to some other games of note, uh, getting back to 11-player football, um, some big games in the Big 8, including a big one right off the bat as Madison Memorial squared off with Sun Prairie. Memorial uh, opened last year with a, at the time, surprising win over Sun Prairie. They went on, those two teams, to share the conference title in the Big 8 conference, and uh, opened in a very similar fashion this year. That game last year between Memorial and Sun Prairie came right down to the end. It was an exciting game. This one did as well this year. Kind of back and forth, Sun Prairie went up, um, I think, by 8 in the fourth quarter. Memorial got a field goal, and then late in the game, uh, went down and, and scored in the final minutes. Jason Sanidi scored on a quarterback sneak, a very talented quarterback for Madison Memorial, has a couple D1 offers. Um, didn't have a great game throwing the football. In fact, Memorial leaned heavily on Kabaris Vasser, a junior running back who um, is starting to, to garner some pretty big-time recruiting attention and will continue to do so if he runs like this. Uh, by the way, the returning all-conference running back Cam Marshall did not play in that one. I believe he's expected back in a week or two. Um, but a nice win for Memorial to uh, to get that victory and get a early leg up in what should be a very competitive Big 8 conference race this year. Some other games of note. Uh, we talked about Stratford uh, blowing out Spencer Columbus Catholic. How about Fond du Lac getting a home win over Franklin? Fondy lost a lot of talented players from last year, both to graduation and then took a hit when Hunter Hansen, returning Defensive Player of the Year in the conference, uh, had some injury issues and, and chose not to uh, go out for football this year. But a uh, very impressive win for Fond du Lac to get that victory over Franklin to open the season. Some smaller schools. How about uh, Martin Luther, who lost Darius Crowley-Reed, uh, All-State running back for them. Weren't sure how... You know, the offense was going to evolve, uh, but Brady Hoppert steps in at quarterback and puts up almost 300 passing yards, and Martin Luther beat a very good, uh, we, what we expected to be a good, Greenfield team, 35-21. Greenfield was a team we thought could, and, and they still may, challenge for the Woodland West, or excuse me, Woodland East Conference title. At the uh, other, some other small school games, Keel and Kiwani squared off. Both teams ranked very highly in our preseason rankings. Keel got a 49-21 win. Hunter Skarenbrock had a big game, had uh, several long touchdown receptions, had a kick return score, had an interception in the game. And how about Medford, uh, a team out of the great Northern Conference, which has not uh, had a lot of success outside of the league the last couple of years. They did not win a playoff game last year. I can't remember if they did the year before. Um, but Medford took on Rice Lake, who has made at least the state semifinals in three consecutive seasons in Division Three, and Medford shuts out Rice Lake 14 to nothing. Now, Rice Lake has lost some very, very talented athletes the last few years. You go back a couple years ago, and, and Kenny Bednarik, who's now an international track sensation, uh, the Clairvaux brothers, uh, uh, Buckley at quarterback, um, some very talented kids that have moved on, but you know, you, you kind of thought that their program would uh, would be enough to to carry them through, but Medford gets a nice victory, and they could be maybe in the discussion. You know, when we're starting to talk about uh, you know the Great Northern Conference and, and being a pretty wide open league, Spring Valley got a nice win against uh, Unity, who was favored in the Lakeland North. Spring Valley was a tri champion in the Dun St. Croix last year. 
Uh, Nathan Fessenmeyer had a big game in that one. Um, so uh, some nice games to open the season. And then you look at some of the individual performances uh, in a loss. Nate Valkersell uh, from Whitnall had 386 rushing yards, five touchdowns. He's a kid that has a number of Division I scholarship offers so far, including a couple, uh, as well as, I should say, a couple preferred walk-on offers from Big Ten programs as a defensive back prospect, but he shows how athletic he is putting up 386 yards on the ground. But it was a loss to Burlington. Uh, Tyler Tenner, who we've talked about and will continue to talk about, had a big game over 250 yards as Racine Lutheran uh, won pretty handily. Um, if he keeps running like that, he's going to threaten and potentially break the all-time rushing record set just last year by Ola Scandinavia's Bryce Hittner. Um, and how about in a, in a game on Thursday as well, uh, not necessarily from an individual perspective, but uh, Racine St. Catharines, who we knew was going to be very good, but you lose Deshaun Brown and you lose Adrian Garcia, Daryl Carter on the defensive uh, line, some other talented kids. You know, a little bit of uncertainty for the defending Division Four state champions, but they beat West Dallas Central, a much larger school. West Dallas Central is a Division Two program, I believe. They haven't made the playoffs for a few years, but I think their enrollment would put them into 74 to nothing. St. Catharines won that one. St. Cat still has some very talented running backs uh, there and looking very good once again. So those were some of the storylines in, in week one. Again, some outstanding matchups. Three defending champions go down. You had the huge upset with Montello Princeton Green Lake winning over Iola Scandinavia. You had that big game on Thursday to open things up with uh, Marquette in uh, Muskego and Muskego getting the win in that one. You had the big game on Saturday night to kind of wrap up the week with St. Mary Springs hosting Lake Country Lutheran and Lake Country Lutheran getting the win in that one. So it was really an exciting way to open the 2019 high school football season. As we turn our attention to week two, there's not quite as many big games on the schedule, but still some good matchups that I think are, are going to be interesting to follow. And some teams that based on their week one result, we're going to keep an eye on because if they continue to, excuse me, if they continue to have some struggles in week two here, it really sets things up for uh, what could be a tough uh, go of it here in, uh, in the rest of the season. Um, by the way, one game I didn't mention that I have to because it was the game I was at in a game that uh, was certainly a statement was Wanakee beating Monona Grove 54 to six, I think was the final in that one. Monona Grove is a very good football team. They're going to win a lot of games. They should challenge for the Badger South Conference title. But Wanakee just blew the doors off right away. And despite some very significant losses at the skill positions and, and elsewhere on the team, um, looked very good once again. Caden Nelson stepped in at quarterback, did an outstanding job, looked very good running the offense. Caden Lewis on the outside is a very good receiver for, uh, for Wanakee. Alec Morgan stepped in at running back. He was a defensive back last year. Um, stepped in and, and had a big game, scored three touchdowns, I think it was. So Wanakee looking very good once again. And, but again, Monona Grove is very good, and I expect them to get back and, and recover and get into the thick of things in that Badger South Conference. But as we turn our attention to Week 2, Monona Grove will be one of those teams that we'll keep an eye on as they host Reedsburg, who kind of surprisingly... 
snuck into the bottom of the Division Three rankings this week. Uh, Reedsburg did at number 10. They were pretty solid in beating Oregon uh, in week one. 20-6 was the final in that one. Reedsburg looked pretty good in their scrimmage, from what I understand. And uh, Coach Brian Pottinger has a few more offensive weapons this year and I think is uh, going to be kind of interesting because in the Badger North Conference, you have the top two, I think, pretty clear, Wanakee and DeForest. I don't know that that's necessarily the order they're going to finish in. They'll play in week nine, uh, which could be for a, uh, a conference title, DeForest and Wanakee. But the team that we thought was going to be the third team, Mount Hora Barneveld, they suffered a big loss in week one. Not only did they lose to Watertown, but Ethan Post, their returning 2,500-yard passer from a year ago, went down with an injury that will likely sideline him for the rest of the season, unless they happen to make a deep playoff run and he recovers pretty quickly. Uh, talking to head coach Brett St. Arnaud at, uh, at Mount Horeb, their backup quarterback is out for an extended time as well. So they are moving on to their third and fourth options in, uh, in the backfield there for an offense that is predicated on throwing the football in a fast-paced spread offense. So that kind of leaves that door open for a, uh, a, a different team maybe to, to move up into that third spot, and maybe that could be Reedsburg this year. Um, struggled a little bit last year, did not make the playoffs, lost in the last week of the year to uh, rival Baraboo. But with the Beavers, uh, with what they have back, I think they could get in the hunt this year. Uh, so that game's on Friday, Reedsburg at Monona Grove. On Thursday, though, there are a few interesting games. St. Croix Central travels to Elk Mound. Elk Mound, we thought they would have some uh, some struggles, losing Brady Redwine, 2,000-yard uh, rusher, I think two years in a row. Um, but they had no problems in week one. In fact, they got a big rushing performance in week one. Uh, who was that? Let me see here. Uh, Blaze Todd had 254 rushing yards and five touchdowns. So he stepped in and did a nice job. In the FRCC, all those games are played on Thursday this week. Uh, in Bayport, travels to Green Bay Preble. A really interesting one that would be a fun one to watch if you can get to it up in, in uh, Eau Claire, as Eau Claire Memorial will host Lacrosse Central. Lacrosse Central features two Badger players, although they'll, they'll, be, uh, they'll be basketball players at the next level, Johnny and Jordan Davis, quarterback and receiver respectively. They put up big numbers in an open win, opening win over Eau Claire North. Uh, and Eau Claire Memorial has their own Badger player, junior running back Loyal Crawford, who actually sat out the beginning of the game last week for uh, undisclosed reasons. Uh, usually you can read uh, disciplinary of some kind, but he returned and had, a, uh, had an impact on the game last week. So uh, some, some high-powered offensive weapons on display in that one. On Friday, got a couple big games in the uh, in featuring greater Metro Conference teams. First of all, Marquette looking to rebound quickly off of that loss last week to Muskego, and they have to travel to Brookfield East, a very good team uh, once again. So that'll be one to watch. And then the game of the week that I have this week in the state of Wisconsin is another Greater Metro Classic 8 crossover, just like last week's game between Marquette and Muskego. This week, it's Brookfield Central, the third-ranked team in Division II, traveling to Catholic Memorial, the top-ranked team in Division Three. Brookfield Central had uh, no problems last week. They, they were a blowout winner. So was Catholic Memorial. Um, Brookfield Central, a, a first win for head coach Joel Nellis as he took, uh, took over for Judd Nelson. But this is the first big test. And 
Uh, it'll be a tough one for the Lancers. They take on Catholic Memorial. Again, two of the best teams in the state and uh, should be a, an outstanding game. If it's as good as the one, uh, the, the GMC Classic 8 crossover we got last week, if it's as good as that one, we'll be pretty happy. Um, Franklin, uh, as they kind of try to regroup after that opening loss to Fond du Lac last week, they take on Appleton North. Uh, another game featuring some uh, Badger players uh, on opposite sides, Waukesha North, who lost last week, Kettle Moraine, who lost last week. Um, Kettle Moraine features Trey Wiedig, the top-ranked player in our Class of 2020 rankings offensive lineman. Waukesha North counters with uh, Chimiri Dike, uh, receiver, also playing a lot of defensive back this year for the North Stars, and uh, he's committed to Wisconsin as a wide receiver. Some other games in the Classic 8. This one certainly got some consideration for Game of the Week. Arrowhead at Muskego. Muskego has no, no rest, no break to recover from that opening win over Marquette as they host a uh, Warrior squad, uh, uh, excuse me, Warhawk squad at, from Arrowhead that, as I've mentioned a few times, the, the people there at Arrowhead feel like they're back to being Arrowhead. And so this will be a chance for, for them to prove that um, a huge game in the Classic 8. The game that I'll be at this week, uh, maybe not one that you would expect or that I would normally head to, but Fall River, who's co-oping with Rio this year, opens their new turf field Friday night as they welcome in Independence Gilmanton in a non-conference game. Not a huge game on the schedule per se. I mean, I don't think either team is necessarily going to be a, uh, a deep playoff type team, but love to see the small schools, love to see a, uh, a small community like Fall River that was able to put together this uh, turf field, a uh, beautiful facility, and really looking forward to checking it out. And, and as I've said before, turf is not for everybody. I mean, it, there's no expectation that every team is going to have it, but Fall River is one of the examples, and there are others, of small public schools, rural schools that have found a way to make it work it can be done. It's not easy. It's not going to be for everybody, but it can be done. And this is an example of it. So go, uh, looking forward to checking that one out. We talked about the big eight and, and how interesting that race is going to be this year. Got a big one in week two again, as Verona will travel to Middleton, the bio, uh, battle of highway M as our uh, good buddy, Rob Hernandez used to say, um, hope he's listening. Hope you're doing well out in California, Rob. We miss you back here as a uh, big-time proponent uh, proponent of high school athletics in the state. Um, some other games, Lancaster and River Valley. This is technically a non-conference game now as Lancaster has moved to the SWAL. Both teams ranked in our uh, latest WSN coaches poll. And uh, a nice, uh, nice continuation of those games that have been played for many, many years. St. Mary Springs looks to rebound after that loss to Lake Country Lutheran last week but they don't get a chance to rest very long either as they take on Amherst. Welcome in Amherst. Of course, this is a game that we've seen non-conference the last few years as well. Um, we've seen them match up as defending state champions before. We saw them play twice last year. Springs won both games, um, but this should be a good one. Amherst looked very good in week one as they took it to a, uh, a much larger Anago squad in terms of enrollment anyway and was a dominating winner in that one. The M&M game this week, Marinette versus Menominee, Michigan, two schools separated by an entire state, but only about three or four miles across the uh, Menominee River up there on the border of the UP. 
I was hoping to get to that one if it was played on Saturday as originally scheduled, but they did change it at some point, so that game is on Friday night, so I'm not going to be able to get to check it out, but uh, always one of those interesting games that you see on the schedule, old cliche, throw out the records, right? Nielsville Granton was an impressive winner in week one. They dominated Fall Creek, and, and Nielsville Granton is not very far removed from being a team that really had struggled for a long time, uh, had a lengthy losing streak at one point, um, but they'll get tested again as they go on the road to Colby, who could be a factor in the Clover Belt Conference race. Iola Scandinavia, the defending Division VI state champion, again lost last week against Montello Princeton Green Lake. They've got a chance to get home and recover, get back on track, but they take on a Mozanie squad that's uh, quite a bit larger. Mozanie's going to be out of uh, Division Three. Iowa Scandinavia is a Division Six team, almost Division Seven, in fact. So not uh, not an easy task to try to recover and get back on track for the T-Birds there. Another team looking to get back on track, Rice Lake. After getting shut out in Week 1, they take on a new Richmond squad that put up some big-time numbers through the air, from what I understand. I don't believe we got a full box score report in that game, but uh, I had seen some mention that um, maybe New Richmond had put up some big-time passing numbers. Uh, their quarterback maybe close to 300 passing yards, something like that. Um, but again, we did not, uh, at least as far as I knew, last I had checked, get a full box score report on that one. We just have stats from uh, River Falls in that game uh, when River Falls got a, uh, a close win over New Richmond. In fact, River Falls scored twice in the last two minutes to get that victory last week. Speaking of River Falls, they get another tough non-conference game. And another uh, game that could be a shootout, a uh, uh, high-powered passing attack, Onalaska comes to town. Onalaska, um, very good at the skill positions this year. They got a nice win last week. We talked to head coach Tom Yashinsky on Football Friday night. They travel to River Falls in a, uh, a nice showdown, an MVC Big Rivers crossover type of game. It's an unofficial uh, you know, crossover between those, uh, those conferences, but there are a number of those games this week. Uh, Holman is at Menominee. The lacrosse schools play the Eau Claire schools. On Alaska takes on River Falls. Speaking of big rivers, on Saturday, a uh, game of note, Hudson welcomes in Montini Catholic out of Illinois, one of the top programs in the state of Illinois. Interested to see how they fare in this one. Uh, both teams, in fact, interested to see how Hudson uh, matches up with Montini Catholic. Um, debating whether I might try to get to this one on Saturday uh, with it being a holiday weekend. I, I don't have football to uh, to worry about with my son who's in sixth grade and I coach his team. No game this week, um, but trying to, to figure out if the, the three-hour drive up there is something that we're going to try to uh, try to make work with the uh, with the boys. So Maybe we'll give them some ice cream and let them play their Kindles in the backseat and see if we can make a trip out of it. But um, we'll see how it goes. So that's some look at the uh, some of the interesting storylines in week two, as well as kind of a wrap-up recap of the big games and the big action in week one. Of course, we're kind of settling into our regular content schedule here at Wisports.net. As you have probably seen, Mondays mean our prep props article where we recap the big time individual statistical performances of the weekend also is the uh, the selection of the five nominees for team of the week and the announcement of those and, and the voting begins that continues through Thursday player of the week as well is announced five nominees and 
you know, as I always try to remind people, there are a lot of people, there's a lot of teams and players that could be very worthy and very deserving nominees for team and player of the week, but there's only five. So that means that there's uh, there's some good performances left out. Uh, couldn't find a room for Fond du Lac or Wanakee, uh, some other uh, good performances from teams and individual players as well. Also, that uh, there's a difference between our prep props and our player of the week. Just because somebody has 350 passing yards doesn't automatically mean they're going to be nominated for player of the week. If it came in a blowout, if it came in a loss, I mean, those aren't necessarily times that, that, uh, that you're going to get nominated. We look for big performances in big games and big situations uh, when we're selecting that uh, team and player of the week nominees. Tuesdays are the coaches poll that come out on WIS Sports, the only coaches poll in the state of Wisconsin. We also publish the uh, list of games that are going to be broadcast online for radio streams, as well as the article that highlights the games that are uh, uh, broadcast via video streams, 39 different video streams this week alone. A couple of the games are, are doubled up and there's two video streams, but uh, that number keeps growing, which is great to see. Just means more access for fans, more ability to follow more games, either from home, from the stands of a different game, etc. Wednesday is also our look at eight-player football in the state of Wisconsin. We take a look back at uh, what happened the week before, take a look ahead, name our star of the week, and just kind of spotlight the eight-player game on Wednesdays. Of course, our WSN podcast comes out on Wednesday afternoons as well. On Thursdays, it's our week. Uh, weekly preview. So this week, obviously, it'd be week two. Um, also, the uh, end of voting for team and player of the week as well on our site. And Friday's game day. You can follow all the action on uh, social media, especially Twitter. Follow me at TravisWSN. Check out our scores account at FootballWSN, where every final in the state gets tweeted out as soon as it goes final in our system. You can follow along and listen in on Football Friday Night, our statewide postgame show that airs from 9.30 to 11 p.m. around the state of Wisconsin. You can find the full affiliate list at WSN. You can listen to it on iHeartMedia as well. And uh, then we're right back into it. Uh, things kind of click along, and um, you know the, the season progresses pretty quickly once we get going into this normal weekly schedule. So that'll do it for this edition of the WSN Podcast. I am Travis Wilson, General Manager, Football Writer at WSN. We'll see you at a game.